all. Welcome to Crime Shots. I'm Bree. I came across this case that was so unique. One, because I had never heard of it. And two, because the outcome just really surprised me. So let's get into it. Between 1968 and 1971, there was a series of murders in Odessa, Texas. So Odessa is in West Texas. It's only about an hour from New Mexico. On October 19, 1968, a 24-year-old woman goes missing. Linda Cougat was a bartender at the Bowler Bar on West 10th Street in Odessa. She's divorced and has a four-year-old son named Chris. The morning of her disappearance, she had gone by her father's welding shop before running some errands. Her father, Paul Clark, would later say that nothing appeared to be out of the ordinary. She would stop by all the time, and she, when they spoke, nothing seemed to alarm him to think that something something was wrong. That evening, Linda would go to a laundromat where she disappeared. So she goes to the laundromat, and then no one, no one sees her or hears from her. The next morning, she's reported missing. Everyone immediately starts looking for this woman. It's super unusual. She's young. She has a very young son, and everyone's concerned. Investigators find her handbag just kind of thrown about in a pasture. And it's kind of far from the laundromat. So they find that. They go to her house where they find a miniskirt that has blood stains on it. Friends say that they remember her wearing that a day or two before she disappeared. It's important to note that the investigators felt like this was important information and that it pertained to the case. They would later find out that it doesn't necessarily mean that she was in her house after she went to the laundromat but at the time they thought she had other than that all they could really do was just try to find her they have no reason to believe that she was in an argument with anyone she wasn't dating anybody and so they don't have a whole lot to go off of it wasn't until two months later after her disappearance on december 10th that she would be found. A hunter stumbled upon her body in a pasture about 15 miles northwest of Odessa. She was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Her hands had been tied behind her back with stockings. Her underwear were shoved in her mouth and there was another stocking wrapped around her neck. Autopsy would reveal her cause of death as strangulation and it appeared like she had been dead for about eight weeks. So that's consistent with when she disappeared. Now, before Linda's body was found, another woman is found. But not in a way that would provide assistance in Linda's murder or even give authorities the impression that they were linked in any way. On November 5th, police respond to the sound of a gunshot at a motel in Monahan's. So, Monahans is just about 30 miles southwest of Odessa. When authorities arrive on scene, they find the owner of the motel, Dorothy Smith, 
shot twice in the face in her apartment. She was pronounced dead on scene. Based on what they could gather, investigators believe that this is a basic robbery gone wrong. The cash box at the motel had been emptied, and that ended up being the narrative at this point. They just thought that she... Somebody went in to rob her, and it something had gone terribly wrong, and they shot her and killed her. But these occurrences in and around Odessa didn't end here. Remember, whoever is responsible for killing Linda still hasn't been caught. On July 16, 1970, another body is discovered. Eula Miller was a 26-year-old go-go dancer. So, fun fact, go-go dancers were dancers employed by a club to boost morale. And the term go-go comes from the first club to employ dancers, Whiskey-A-Go-Go. Eula was found naked in her apartment with six stab wounds. Then, in September of 1970, another woman is reported missing. 27-year-old Nancy Mitchell had just put her two children to bed when she was taken directly from her home in Kermit. Kermit is about an hour west of Odessa. When Nancy's husband arrived home from work, he found both of the kids asleep in their beds, and Nancy was gone. The only evidence they have comes three days after her disappearance. On Texas Highway 302 that runs between Germit and Odessa, investigators find bloody clothes belonging to Nancy. And they aren't in like a suitcase or bag or anything. These clothes are just tossed on the side of the road, almost as if someone threw the items from a moving car window. Nancy would not be found until nine months later when her body's discovered on an oil lease. The examination of her skeletal remains concluded that she was stabbed to death. Then, on January 9, 1971, Ruth Maynard goes missing. Ruth is a 24-year-old mother of two and wife of an Odessa police officer. Ruth had gotten home from work at like 10 at night, about the time her husband was leaving to go work the night shift. After he left for work, Ruth's sister, Lorraine, says that Ruth needed a few things from the grocery store. Lorraine had actually moved in with Ruth and her husband, and she was helping take care of the kids. So Ruth leaves to go to the grocery store and never comes back. The next morning, she's reported missing. What investigators would find out is that when Ruth left her home, she actually went to a bar. Authorities find her car parked outside of a place called The Shadows in Odessa. Witnesses say that she was there drinking a beer, um, but no one saw where she went. They didn't even know if she was with anyone. They just remember seeing her there. Several days later, Ruth is found dead in a pasture not far from where our first victim, Linda, was found. Her cause of death is also similar to Linda. Ruth had a stocking wrapped around her neck and died from strangulation. At this point, the city of Odessa doesn't know what to do. We have young women, most of them are mothers. They're disappearing, being sexually assaulted, and brutally murdered. Yet, 
investigators have little to go off of in terms of finding the person or persons involved. They aren't sure that any of these are even connected. It wasn't until the sixth victim that investigators would be provided with a clue. On June 17, 1971, Gloria Nix Green goes missing. Gloria was a 26-year-old working in Odessa for O&L Well Service on the Kermit Highway. On the morning of her disappearance, a worker had gone into her office to find her gone. She had left behind her purse, her shoes, and her car was still in the parking lot. There was a cash till in her office, but nothing had been taken from it. So, investigators released the story of Gloria's disappearance the very next day. I'm going to play a short clip of the makeshift press conference that they did regarding Gloria's disappearance. Uh, we would like to uh, ask uh, all of the hunters, uh, quail hunters who will be out in the field and the pastures in this area to uh, be especially watchful for anything uh, which might indicate that a body might be buried or if they find anything that appears to be uh, of evidence in this case. We would appreciate if they would be especially alert and call us if they do see anything. Uh, it is $1,500 for information leading to the uh, uh, her whereabouts. Do you still have leads? Uh, no, we have exhausted uh, all the leads. Uh, we have keep getting leads from time to time, information. All of this has been checked and uh, we're still about where we work. Uh, no suspect uh, at this time. So the sheriff's deputy um, basically explains what little information that they have. And he tells them they have no leads. They don't have anything to go off of. And they even have a $1,500 reward for any information leading to her location. What's odd is that they ke they keep referring to her as deceased. They keep saying, if you find a body, if we're looking for a body. And at this point, they really don't even know if, if she has been killed. They just don't know where she is. So they're urging anyone to come forward with any information. And they do. Apparently, there were a couple of plumbers that were working on a sewage drain outside of a nightclub the night Gloria disappeared. I can only assume that during all of this, the club itself is closed. So maybe it's after hours or in the middle of the week or something strange. They say that they heard a woman screaming from inside the club. And they go to look and see what it is. So they're looking through a window. Um, what I can only assume is through either a front door or maybe a side door or back door. And they see a woman. And she's crying. And that's when a man appears at the door. The man was Johnny Meadows. 
Johnny is 34 years old and manages the club. The plumbers knew Johnny. So they start asking him, you know, what's going on? We heard screaming. What's happening? Johnny explains that the woman's his wife and they're in the middle of an argument. The woman actually tries to come to the door, but Johnny pushes her back in and locks the door behind him. The workers didn't really think anything of it. They just assumed, you know, that's a marital problem. We're going to stay out of it until they read about Gloria. The search continues through miles of barren rangeland as the Ector County Sheriff's Department proceeds on the theory that the woman is dead and her body is somewhere in the general area. Sheriff Slim Gabriel and a deputy were out again today, as they have been every day since the woman vanished. They cover the rough terrain in jeeps and sometimes on horseback. The helicopter and private aircraft which were used at the beginning of the search in June have long since been discontinued. Gabriel says there is no doubt in his mind that the woman is dead and that she was killed. He says he has a good lead on a suspect but can do nothing until the body is found. Gabriel also says he has information that the person or persons who apparently killed the missing woman also were connected with the murders of one or more of the other unsolved cases in this area. Mrs. Green is the fifth woman. The others were found dead, usually with a stocking around the neck. Investigators do a little research after the plumbers come forward, and Johnny was in fact married and had three kids. But Johnny also spent some time in prison for check fraud. He had also been arrested for sexual assault twice and was acquitted both times. Authorities decide it may be a good idea just to bring him in. We'll ask him if he knows anything and we'll go from there. Of course, we know how these things go. Johnny says he doesn't know anything and without any evidence, they have to let him go. Investigators don't completely forget about him, though. They decide to look into him further. They find out that Johnny had actually worked at the location of Gloria's office. Not only that, but they went to question Johnny's wife about the argument they had. And she was actually in jail at the time of the alleged argument. So they decide to go talk to Johnny Meadows again. But of course, he is gone, and no one has any idea where he is. Meanwhile, the search for Gloria is still ongoing. Six months later, investigators get a call from authorities in New Mexico. They explain that they've arrested Johnny on completely unrelated charges, and they're holding him if they'd like to talk to him. So they go talk to him. 34-year-old Johnny Meadows, the object of a widespread search after he jumped Bond in Lubbock and Gainesville, was arrested yesterday in the New Mexico town. However, he escaped from the San Juan County Jail and was recaptured a short time later at the home of a friend. The sheriff of Gainesville, Bill Pratt, told Channel 7 News late today that he has begun extradition proceedings. Meadows is an ex-convict who has charges pending against him in at least three cities. He was free on bond made through a Lubbock bonding agency. However, when he failed to appear for trial in Gainesville on a theft by Bailey charge, the bonding company offered a $300 reward for his return. A New Mexico report that Meadows was wanted on a murder charge was incorrect, according to Texas officers. 
Meadows was questioned about the disappearance of Gloria Sue Nix Green last June and about the murders of four other Odessa women in the past three years. Lubbock officers said today they also want to talk with Meadows about unsolved cases there. According to Gabriel, the man being held was an acquaintance of the missing woman. She is the fourth area woman to disappear within the past two and one-half years. The other three were slain and their bodies found in desolate oil fields. Also unsolved is the slaying last July of a fifth woman whose body was found in her apartment. Concerning the arrest of the man in Gainesville, Fought pointed out no murder charges could be filed in the case until the body of the victim is found. It doesn't take long and Johnny starts talking. He explains where they can find Gloria and everything that he did. Sure enough, authorities find her remains under a mattress in a vacant lot near the nightclub. Johnny would eventually confess to four murders. Ruth Maynard, Linda Cogat, Dorothy Smith, and Gloria. In 1972, he was indicted for the murder of Gloria, which he pled guilty to. He would say later on in interviews that he pled guilty to receive a shorter sentence. He was more afraid of the death penalty. So he received a life sentence. As for the other murders, Johnny claimed that investigators coerced him into admitting to those. Therefore, those charges were thrown out since they had no evidence. Johnny served just 18 years in prison before being paroled in 1990. He was out for two years when he was arrested for sexual assault. He eventually died in 2000 at the Polunsky unit in Livingston. There were six murders that have been unofficially linked to Johnny. Although authorities have likely filed these all together as Johnny being responsible, they remain unsolved. (laughs) 